seconds delayed as I had to go make a change on one of the destinations that we're streaming to today. I'm pretty sure that I clicked the, the button to include Twitch in our daily stream, and uh, it just wasn't there. And I just happened to notice it uh, right before we went live. And once again, the Twitter stream has failed because Twitter doesn't care about serving their customers. Anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I'll tell you flat out, there's a good chance and a really good chance. And Drag Life joined us in the live chat. Uh, glad you're there, dude, because uh, I almost missed you today. And once I got started, it would have been hard to go back and fix that. Anyway, uh, there's a good chance today we could end up in the YouTube clink. We could. So I recommend that you uh, avail yourselves of the TSPCLive.com. Uh, if we're ever in the middle of this and they pull the plug on me midstream on YouTube, which is highly possible, um, you can watch us on Twitch. You can watch us on Rumble. We're even on Facebook, even though I don't use Facebook. It was pretty easy to add as a source. So anyway, um, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about um, I woke up today to a headline of there's a new deadly bacteria. 50% fatality rate. Ah, and it's in Mississippi and it could come get you anytime. Except it's if you actually read past the headline, even the article itself explains how it's all complete bullshit. Uh, it's nothing new. Plenty of places in the world where they deal with it all the time. Uh, and we'll talk more about that. And then the AMA, that's the American Medical Association. You know, you can trust those guys. They have pledged loyalty to helping activists make sure that your children can be transformed into another sex through what they call gender-affirming care. We'll cover that one real briefly. I just thought maybe you should know that the AMA that you continually trust, some of you anyway still do, um, what their what their current agenda is. The AMA is a labor union for doctors, and their their goal is to make sure that they the industry itself makes lots of money. That's, that's what it does. It doesn't actually do anything to make sure that you're safe or healthy or get the right treatment. It's a union for doctors. That's what it is. Okay. Um, now, th speaking of doctors, RFK, that's Robert Kennedy Jr., um, he was recently on the Joe Rogan Experience. And uh, one doctor in particular, a complete pile of crap. Uh, he's very proud of the fact that he's a professor. Peter Hotez, MD, PhD, uh, is very upset. He's all triggered about this, and he wants you to know that it's all lies, and Spotify should be censoring Joe Rogan, and he's very upset they're not. But the interesting thing is uh, Joe said, all right, dude, I'm all about finding truth, so why don't you come on the show with Robert, and I'll give you as much time as you want on the largest media outlet in the world. And, of course, He's not going to do it because he's a coward. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Bud Light. Bud Light. Yeah, I don't really care about Dylan whatever the fuck his nuts is, right? Um, basically an actor who dresses up like a girl. Um, I don't really care what happens to Bud Light directly, but Tom from our, uh, our web guy, Tom, last week asked a question that I finished up the week with. Do you think that maybe the wokeism pushback narrative – it's actually just cover fire for some of these brands whose stock and sales are already in the toilet due to a weakening economy. That is not directly how this reads, what I'm going to tell you about today, but it lends some credibility to it. A, 
former Bud Light employer, Insider, is basically come out and said, they did this on purpose. They're not stupid. They knew exactly what was going to happen. And it is giving them an excuse to be able to restructure the company because, well, frankly, Bud Light as a brand has been in trouble for a long time. You can actually be the number one seller in a given category and still be losing money. And apparently they were. Uh, I also think there's a huge shift in young people consuming alcohol, and it's it's decidedly away from light beers. So this might just be a leverage tool, and we'll talk a little bit about that and what that means. And then we're going to, in the middle of today's show, which is mostly about all this crazy shit that's going on, I just happened to see a really great video from Townsend's. That's Jace Townsend's and Sons. Uh, he's the guy that does all the old videos on cooking, like in the 17th or 18th century and stuff like that. Really love that guy. He had a great nine-minute video on salt and the importance of salt during the American Revolution. And, and I'm calling it the Great Salt Squeeze. No one else called it that. I, I just think it's a good name for it. Maybe it'll help you remember it. But we're talking about the importance of salt in the American Revolution and what that can teach us about today. Not just what salt can still do for us, but why we prep, why we prep, because he ended very optimistic in his video. But, you know, doing without food for a year, not so great. And that's how important salt was that you literally would do without food without salt. Uh, So we'll talk about that. Then we're going to go back into this world of crazy land. Basically, what we have now is a private version of the social credit scores we keep hearing about, a la Black Mirror, a la China. We're going to talk real quick. I'm not going to go deep into this, but a man in Maryland had his all of his systems for his smart home shut off by Amazon because a dumbass delivery driver thought he heard a racist comment. And I'll give you a link where you can learn more about it if you want to. But I'm going to talk about something totally different than everybody else's because everybody's saying, well, this never happened. There was an automated message from the smart home itself. And the dumbass delivery man misunderstood it. I don't care if the guy dropped off a package and it had a picture of the Ku Klux Klan leader. What's his name? Bird. Uh, you know, Biden's best buddy, his mentor on the front door. It doesn't matter. You don't just turn off somebody's shit. That's not that's not your place to do in a way. And this is really crazy the way this went down. And then the Washington Post wrote an article, an op-ed. It said... It's time to give the elites more power in choosing the president. Well, then, you know, even even the leftists were like, dude, don't say the don't say the quiet part out loud. So they changed the headline. We'll talk about that a little bit. And this all leads up to something. Today is the 19th of June. No, I'm not talking about Juneteenth. Uh, I'm talking about the 20th It's tomorrow. And the 20th tomorrow marks something. Fifteen years of TSP officially tomorrow. The first episode of TSP was ever done June 20th, 2008. And what I'm going to end today's show with is we head into the day of our 20th birthday as a podcast is that my message is really the same. And that's why it ties in all this. I've got uh, seven points that I've been teaching pretty much verbatim for 15 years. And today's episode, while we'll give you what you want, we'll give you the red bloody meat to chew on the doom and the gloom, the crazy. And I know that's why we have more people here right now than we do when I do a show that could literally help every single one of you live a more independent life because you're here for the bloody meat. 
if I'm going to give you the bloody meat, do me, do me the service of listening to what to do about it in the anchor segment today. Before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors of the day. Nicole Sauce has a really awesome webinar series, A Journey to Self-Sufficiency. It's a seven-week series, one seminar a week. What if I miss one? Then you'll have access to download and, and watch the, the prior versions of it, but it'd be great to be there live for them all. It's $495. There is a $200 discount just by using the discount code TSPBACON. If you look in the link of the video notes below or in today's audio show notes, you will find a link that will take you right there. It even reminds you what the discount code is so it doesn't cost you $200 more. It's a really great deal, and this is it starts Wednesday. And so this will be the last time you hear about it on the air. Um, and if you look at it and you're like, hey, I want to do the one on this or the one on that, but I don't want to do all of them, you can buy them individually as well. So I just wanted you guys to have one last shot at this. Next up today is a sponsor today, Start9 Embassy Servers. You know, we're talking about a lot of problems today. One of the ways to get around these problems, like being surveilled, having somebody pay, you know, is to run your own systems. And this little box right here, this little box right here can let you take your digital sovereignty back. Run your own Bitcoin node, run your own Lightning node, store your own files, have your own end-to-end encrypted messaging. And, you know, a lot of you guys probably are afraid of this. Let me tell you, it is not hard to set this up. If you can install apps on a phone, you can do this. There might be one or two places you have to put a little bit of effort in. Lightning Node would be the most complicated one because you have to understand balancing liquidity. The rest of this stuff is dead simple easy. And it's so simple that if you have, like, your friends and family and you want to have them in an encrypted messaging group and be able to encrypted message each other, they don't need to know any more then they would need to know, let's say, download and use Telegram. They don't need to know the back end of it at all. And this is military-grade end-to-end encryption. And by the time we're done today, I think you're going to realize, you know, just how badly we need things like this in in the world today because I'm going to share some really crazy stuff with you. We're not going to start off in that part of the crazy world, though. I want to talk to you about this story that I read this morning. Now, I instantly knew. I instantly knew that there was bullshit in this story. And part of the reason I knew is because the, the, the mainstream media in general is not breathlessly on the TV screen going crazy with this anyway, not right now. I'm sure it'll make the MSM rounds this evening. But here's the headline. And this is, this is a classic Nord, F-N-O-R-D, um, Made very famous in Robert Anton Shea and Robert uh, Robert 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 Shea and Robert Anton Wilson's book, The Illuminatus Trilogy. A finord is a piece of inf- misinformation in plain sight. You read it, it affects you. You think it is true. You get scared. You get angry. Whatever it is they want you to do, and it alters the way you behave. But if you actually looked at it with any modicum of analysis, you would know it was bullshit you would know. Now, what is the headline for those of you that are listening to the audio and going, come out with it, Jack? Here's what it says. CDC warns of potentially deadly black bacteria with 50% fatality rate on the Gulf Coast. Okay. I'm not even going to get into the multicellular name of this bacteria. I'm not going to do a deep dive lesson on it. I'm just going to tell you all that you need to know is in the Dadgon article itself. If you start reading this, you're going to find out real quick that this, 
And then the, the sub-headline, CDC confirms three cases of deadly bacteria with a 50% fatality rate declared endemic to the U.S. Gulf Coast. What does endemic mean? Endemic means this thing exists in this place. It sounds a lot like pandemic or epidemic, doesn't it? This just means this thing is endemic. Um, the American toad is endemic to my backyard. The uh, spring peeper frog is endemic to my backyard. The western fence lizard is endemic to my backyard. It lives there, it exists there, and it sustains itself there. That's all that it means. But 50% fatality rate. Now, when you read that, it is very clear what the journalist who wrote it wants you to think as they put this very scary picture of this green furry looking bacterium, which looks nothing like the actual bacteria, by the way, I looked at it sounds like if you get infected with this bacteria, you have a 50-50 shot of dying, correct? Doesn't that sound like what there's – does anybody here think it doesn't sound like that? Not you don't believe it. You don't think it sounds like, hey, if you get infected with this bacteria, there's a 50-50 shot, you're going to die. If you don't think so, I think you should maybe brush up on English as a second language or something. It's exactly what they want you to think. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. <sighs> There is a medical condition, and I can't remember exactly what it's called, and it's also hard to pronounce, myelitis or something like, like that, but it's not myelitis. It sounds like myelitis. And if you get that condition that the bacteria causes, um, then you have a 50% chance of dying, even if properly treated. But I decided maybe I should do a little bit more research on this instead of even though reading their own article completely killed it, completely killed um, their own headline. Maybe I should do a little more research. So it turns out in places like um, Southeast Asia and Australia, this is just a thing. It happens. People, people get this bacteria infection all the time. And I will tell you, how you know if you're likely to end up dying from it and how you can get it in just a second. But I thought it was important that we started off and understood that in Sri Lanka, which is a tropical region, and this, this bacteria survives and makes it through winter in the tropics and subtropics. That's why it's on the, 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 the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, pretty warm and humid there. Um, but in Sri Lanka, it, they did a test of children over the age of four, and 80% of them have antibodies for it and show no symptoms and are unaffected by it. 80% of children over the age of four have been exposed to this bacteria, developed antibodies to it, and successfully fought it off. That doesn't sound like something with a 50% fatality rate. So if you read this article, it says people with liver disease, people with kidney problems, but when you dig deeper, it's like people with end-stage renal failure, end-stage cirrhotic liver alcoholics are the people that tend to actually show symptoms of this, get sick and die. Now, not the only ones, but that's primarily what it is. It has to get in through a cut in the skin or in really bad storms. If enough shit is kicked up, you can breathe it in. But in places, like I said, where little kids run around in mud puddles and stuff all the time when they're little kids, they all develop resistance to this stuff. It's all bullshit. It does not have a 50% fatality rate. It causes a condition in some people that have a 50% fatality rate. Now, I'd like to ask you a question. I know you're not doctors out there. Who knows, though? Maybe we have a doctor tuning in. You know, maybe. 
We have some level-headed doctors. We even have two of them on our expert panel. But I would just like to ask you a question. When you have somebody with end-stage renal failure, for those that don't know what renal means, that's kidney. End-stage renal failure means you're on dialysis, and if, if somebody doesn't kick off or some live donor doesn't give you a kidney pretty soon, you're going to die no matter what. When you have somebody that's that far along with kidney disease and they're having that much trouble processing waste out of their body, what bacteria, significant bacterial infection is not potentially fatal? And the answer is that they all are. This is another example of just total, complete, 100% bullshit designed to hype you up. And I, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that you will see them try to use this to reinstitute lockdowns or masking or any stupid shit like that. Masking, by the way, even though it just doesn't work, it would really do nothing for this. This is not something that you get because you breathe the same air somebody else did. Uh, I think there's been, in the, and this is not a new disease. This is not a new bacteria. It's been with us. Probably that bacteria has probably existed in mud for longer than humans have walked the planet, right? Um, but there's been two documented cases of somebody spreading it from one person directly to another, and I'm sure it involves some exchange of bodily fluids, and let's leave it at that. And then, again, most of the people exposed to it that are infected with it, you won't ever know that they had it. Nothing will ever happen. We're completely able as humans to fight it off using something called an immune system that apparently disintegrated from planet Earth in 20, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. But apparently it's still around that immune old immune system and it still works. It's pretty interesting to me. Now, the next thing I want to talk to you about today, and I, I it, 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 it shocks me that anybody is still resistant to this message. The left has decided to die on the hill that is talking to minors about sex and advocating for having minors transition through general genital mutilation and hormone therapy into an opposite sex of what they are, which can never be done, by the way. You can't become a woman if you're a man. And if you're a man, uh, a woman, you can't become a man. You can look like one. You can have artificial uh, appendages created. You can have things that define you as a woman, like your breasts removed, but you're still what you are. Well, the AMA, again, which is a labor union for doctors, has pledged to work with activists to push child sex changes. This was widely reported for some reason only in media that's considered right wing. And they go into this whole soliloquy about how important it is. And here you have the AMA president-elect, Dr. Jesse M.D., and he says, we simply will not stand for the government coming in to interfere with a doctor-patient relationship. Unless you and your doctor decided you didn't want to get a shot or something like that, then 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 screw that, screw that. But but a, a ten year old that wants to have his wee wee cut off because some teacher in his screwed up woke ass kindergarten planted a seed in his head that took a few years to grow root and decides he's really a girl. That's a doctor patient relationship. This idea that you can just say something that sounds good like doctor-patient relationship and have it matter is stupid. What if what if there was a whole group of people that wanted their feet cut off? Why? They just feel that they were not supposed to have feet. They're supposed to be born without feet. And I'd say there's quite a few of them. 
And let's say that the schools started saying, hey, if somebody wants their feet cut off, that's not your business, that's theirs. We need foot affirming care, foot removal affirming care, right? Amputee affirming care. And then somebody used the defensive, hey, do not interfere. And they had doctors willing to cut feet off of children. And then you said, I don't think you should be doing this. And they said to you, hey, do not interfere the doctor-patient relationship. See, that, that phrase is stupid, especially just about anything when it comes to children. Children are not allowed to get a tattoo, even with their parents' signature, but they can have their genitals removed. Now, the reason I bring this up today isn't to go down into this rabbit hole. I think that there's only two kinds of people in the world today on this issue, sane ones and idiots, right? I think that's it. I don't think that you, I don't think there's a middle ground in this discussion at all. Now, I think there are people who, they don't feel that if a grown-ass man or woman wants to dress as the opposite sex, that they should be left alone and be able to do it. I think you are a bigot. I think that person has a mental illness. Don't get me wrong. But if they're not harming anybody, they have a right to live any way that they want. When you start messing with kids and you start involving kids and you start giving children that are prepubescent teens or prepubescent preteens hormone therapy, and encouraging gender transition in a child that's clearly confused, you are a scumbag maggot. I am sorry. There is, I have no middle ground to have. Most things, even things that I'm vehemently opposed to, I can have a middle ground discussion with. Well, the other side has a point for their side, not here. So I'm not bringing this up so that we can point out that it's wrong. I think you either know this is wrong or you're a dumbass, and you should not be in charge of anything, anywhere, any place, at all, period, the end, infinity. Assuming that the majority of people that listen to my show or watch my videos agree with that. The reason I'm bringing it to you is just to once again remind you, the American Medical Association should not be taken seriously about any recommendations that they make whatsoever in any place. Any organization that will advocate for the gender mutilate, mutilate, mutilating the gender of the, the, the genitals of children should not be taken seriously. And you shouldn't take advice from them on what you should eat or what you should talk to your doctor about or what drugs you should take. They are not serious people. They are serious lunatics is what they are. This is all about money. They have just created in the last couple of years through brainwashing and control of people in this country, a new multi-billion dollar medical industry. That's what this is. This, this makes billions of dollars. These surgeries are not cheap. The drug therapies are not cheap. These are serious, life-altering choices that a child is not capable of making. And the AMA says that they are. So when they tell you what, you, what supplements you should or shouldn't take, you should consider that. When they tell you what shots you should or shouldn't get, you should consider that. When they tell you what you should or should not eat, you should consider who you're getting the information from. And I know some of you are going to say, Jack, you're all against fallacies. Isn't that ad hominem? No, I think to only attack the source is a fallacy ad hominem. But to point out the inconsistencies, the illogic, and the number of times that a source has been incorrect – as part of an overall argument against a source, 
is, is completely valid. I, it's done every day in a court of law. If you bring somebody in as a witness and he's been convicted of lying on the stand perjury four times in the past, and you're representing the opposition who called that witness, how stupid would you be not to point out this man's been caught lying in court four other times? What makes you think he's telling the truth now? Now, you better bring some cooperation to that. But I think all of this stuff, we've had plenty of corroboration with. I think so. I think we, we can point out the flaws in their dietary recommendations very, very well. I think we can show concisely what happens when people begin to eat an ancestrally appropriate diet, which is the exact opposite of what these people say you should do. And it has the exact opposite results of what they say it does. I think we have plenty of information to bring to bear on that. I just wanted to give you one more time an example of why you should not listen to these people. So, I mean, people I can't listen to about health at this point. I just can't. Nothing they say matters to me anymore. Like, they might tell the truth by accident or because it's part of their plan from time to time, but I have to assume that they're lying. The World Health Organization, the CDC, and the American Medical Association, and the American Diabetes Association. All of you are liars. All of you are lying liars. And I can show time after time after time. We'll talk about that more in just a bit when we talk about a doctor losing his mind because somebody gave RFK the ability to like speak his mind and actually be heard. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead, and I want to talk to you guys now about something we talked to talked about last week that Tom had brought up, and that is possibly, might all of this claim that all this anti-woke, racist, white supremacy is crashing stock prices and what have you, and, and blowback is real, be cover fire for a shitty economy? And I think to a degree... Yes, and I talked about that last week. This is sort of kind of related, I guess is the way I put it. So there is a former employee of Bud Light, and this is the article on Gateway Pundit, and here's some of the stuff in it. Employees expressed the fact that they were shocked. Why would they do this? What were they thinking? They're speaking of putting the transgendered wingnuts picture on a Bud Light camp, especially now. This is the worst, like the worst time yet. The best timing yet, if a company were trying to change the way it operates from a corporate level. Many of us are talking about that. They planned it in a way like a strategic destruction of Bud Light. Laherne then asked for clarification. So this is the, the journalist saying, you're telling me that you think Bud Light knew this Dylan Malovin, whatever the hell his name is, partnership was going to be a disaster. Watched it become a disaster and then sat back and let it happen. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. I think that actually makes more sense than a lot of things. The former employee affirmed this and then explained that after Bud Light was bought by InBev, a Belgian brewing company, they started to take advantage of the employees ostensibly because sales were falling. Here, This is back to the, the, the guy speaking. When the company was bought by InBev, a lot of things changed from when it was owned by Anheuser-Busch. You know it's an American brand. Bud Light has been failing for many years. We talked about that for many years. The numbers have just, you know, little by little deteriorated. And it feels like they said, now we have a lot of layoffs, a loss in production. It would be easy for them to restructure, let's say, or pay for pay or new contracts, right? So basically what this insider is saying is Bud Light was in deep shit. 
and but not quite bad enough to take radical action and and renegotiate contracts especially you know Bud Light is a huge brand and they brew beer all over the country and in some of the places there are union states that they operate in so you have to have some sort of catastrophic failure to say we can't pay you what we promised to pay you or start maybe closing some breweries or something like that, especially if you want to close the ones in the union states. You know, all kind of problems from the courts and whatnot. So it was a strategic, intentional tanking of the brand is what's being said. I don't know if that's true. Obviously, I can't know that one way or the other, but um, I, I, I can't know that it's true, but I can, I can certainly – look at the theory and say, does this make more sense than just about anything else proposed? Does this make more sense than anything else? Let's look at it this way. Who drinks Bud Light? When you think Bud Light drinker, who are you thinking of? Are you thinking of rich yuppies? Hipsters? No, they drink Pabst Blue Ribbon. And Pabst Blue Ribbon's been smart enough not to do this, right? Um, you think redneck? You think country boy? You think working man? You think blue collar? I mean, you think the exact demographic, the, or, or Aaron says frat boys, maybe, yeah, right? But you, you, you don't think of the bearded guy that looks like a lumberjack but doesn't know which end of an axe to use. That's not who you think of when you think of Bud Light. You think of construction workers. You think of roughnecks. I mean, you think of a demographic, is there a worse demographic than Bud Light to do this with? And do you think anybody, even somebody who was all in on the woke agenda, do you think anybody didn't know that? Do you think the people behind it didn't know it wasn't going to fly? Because I don't. I, I, I don't think for a second that anybody who was part of this thought, oh, this will work. This will be great. We'll just get more business. And Mark Cuban came out and said, well, that's great. I mean, people do this because it makes them money. No, it, it, it really hasn't been helping. But I do think there is something to the overall economy. We got a couple things. One, the overall economy sucks. Okay. It is heading downhill fast. The fact that unemployment is low is only because so many people have stopped even trying to find a job. Okay. Um, and then there's a lot of shit jobs out there that people have, people that are willing to work, but it ain't it ain't good employment. They're not good jobs. There's some great jobs, too, but overall, the economy's in shit. There's a ton of people out there that are making incomes that five years ago were damn solid incomes. They're making the same money or a little bit more now, and they can barely get by. And it's not because they went stupid with their spending. It's just that everything costs more. You can keep saying that inflation's better than it was or whatever, but the word you're missing in this Biden administration is cumulative. So inflation was 8%, now it's 4 No, that would be over the last two years, 12% inflation. You understand how that works? The inflation that was 8% didn't go back down and cut in half. The future inflation is what cut in half. So we went from 8% inflation to 4% inflation, but the cumulative over 24 months is 12% inflation. That's, that is, that is destructive economy wrecking inflation. And sooner or later people cut back. And the other side of this is 
I think the light beer craze is ending in America. I'm not saying there's still like tens of millions of people drink light beer. I'm saying the craze, where it's the number one thing that people drink. Like when you go out to a restaurant or you pick up something from a liquor store or the convenience store. That that has been the bread and butter of alcohol in America for as long as I've been an adult, really. And in fact, I would say when I was a teenager running around in the woods drinking Yingling with my my teenage buddies, none of us drank light beer. Light beer is something that when you start to worry a little bit about your waist, maybe then you 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 back off the beer to the light beer. And, and for 30 years, it's been the thing. I mean, you've had the big rivalry, Miller Lite and Bud Light and all the commercials that were done that were great back when beer commercials used to be entertaining and had hot chicks in them and stuff. Um, and it all kind of went away. Well, the other thing that went away is all the young people are drinking mixed drinks or seltzers or hard limes or something. So I think this is a combination of those. But I do think this was done intentionally. Next up, I want to talk about something that just happened. RFK, Robert Kennedy Jr., was on the Joe Rogan Experience, number 1999. And Joe had RFK on for almost three hours, and they talked mostly about vaccines. Now, I've only listened to a little over an hour of this. They haven't even talked about the COVID vaccine yet. They've just talked about it in general. And what I listened to this morning while I was getting ready for this show was, oh, my God, earth shattering. Oh, my God, earth shattering. And a lot of it I knew because I've read RFK's book, The Real Anthony Fauci. But a lot of it I didn't know. And I mean, it's not even just all about shots, right? Like he goes back to talking about cleaning up the Hudson waterways and it now being the most productive waterway in North America as far as fish production per annum. And at the time, there was so much pollution that literally they had fire burning on top of the water at times. Um, and, and a lot of what was done was about suing coal companies because they were the ones leaching the sulfur and mercury and other crap into the Hudson. Which, being a child of the northeastern United States myself, growing up the son of coal miners, I can tell you he's absolutely right about absolutely right about but i think what's more interesting to me is this jackass right here if you're on the video professor peter hotez md phd and this jack wagon here um he has testified in front of congress multiple times about how important the clot shot is and mandates and he's been for all the lockdowns, all the clot shots, all the boosters, it's all science. You just need to shut up. And here's what he said. Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. It's really true, Anna Merlin, just awful. And from all the online attacks I'm receiving after this absurd podcast, it's clear many actually believe this nonsense. So Rogan came out and told this tool, if you really believe that, Come on my show, zero time limit, and debate RFK on this issue. And, of course, the responses from the, the Muppets and the Muppet Gallery are always the same. Why give him the floor, lending your credibility? Let me tell you something. Joe Rogan has more credibility than this Hotez jackass will ever have. He has a bigger platform than this jackass will ever have. He's the guy with the reach. He's the guy who's trusted. 
This idea that you can just constantly hide from debate under, I don't want to let my credibility say, no, listen, when you have someone come out like RFK has multiple times and eloquently, logically, factually, with sources, lay out a case and you claim it's all misinformation, then you better be able to put up or shut the fuck up, you fat ass. This guy needs to shut his fat mouth. I'm sorry. I have no compassion. I have no time for people like this. Uh, Guy Swan, very famous in the Bitcoin space, had a, a little gift. That's how I even found out about this. And I wish I would have looked it up so I could put it on the screen today. But it's these two dogs, and there's a fence closed between them, and they both act like they want to fight. They're showing their teeth and all. And the dude filming it just pulls the fence open. And when it pulls the fence open, both dogs stop. And they're all friendly. And he closes the gate, and they start wanting to fight again. He opens the gate, and they won't fight. And that's what this is. This all this bravado, all this talk, all this shit about it being misinformation. And your cowardly ass won't step up and do one damn thing about it. It's pathetic and sad. And and the reality, or I should say, the 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 saddest part is that people like this are still trusted by probably about half the population. And I want to give you a phrase that is both true in some respects and the dumbest thing you could say in defense of an idea that said all the time they try to defend these positions. Vaccines work. Let's apply that to anything else. Let's apply it to drugs work. That's the closest analogy we could get, isn't it? Drugs work. Sure they do. Sometimes, depending what drug, under what situation, from what manufacturer. You can't just say drugs work. I mean, they just spent three years telling us two incredibly safe drugs didn't work, even though they did, and telling us that they weren't safe, even though they're sold over the counter in most of the world. So we know not, you can't just say drugs work, right? So when you say vaccines work, which vaccine? Given when, to what person, for what purpose? And I know some of you are against all of them. And sometimes I feel that way a little bit myself when I listen to somebody like RFK, but I also look at some things like, you know, chicken pox. It's a perfect example of maybe it's not the safest thing to do, but I ain't seen a kid with chicken pox in 25 years. So don't tell me it didn't work. Now, did was it good that it worked? I don't know. I'm not going to have that debate today. Right. That's that's not where my pay grade lies, as we used to say in the military. But. You can't just say vaccine. It's like saying, okay, so what what vaccine? They all work? None of them have ever failed. Well, wait a minute. Haven't they multiple times had vaccine trials that didn't work and they didn't even approve them? Haven't they had vaccines they've approved and had to withdraw that the the FDA themselves has pulled them back off the market? Hasn't that happened? So you can't just say the like a giant broadcast. What about cars work? What car? The one that's in the junkyard with a tree growing through it? Does it work? You know, I mean, you take anything, especially something people put in their body, and you apply this broad spectrum, this thing works to it, with no nuance. At that point, they can't be, but yet people trust this. And I really encourage you to listen, you know, as a podcaster, it's not really my job to get you to listen to competitors' podcasts, especially a guy as big as Rogan. But I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. I'm going to I'm going to finish listening to it today when I get done and I go do some work where I can work and multitask. Because 
someone needs to tell the truth about this stuff, and you you need to know the truth is for this as much as you need to know it for the purposes that you will apply it directly. It's for the purposes you will apply it indirectly. And what I mean by that is we need to cure of all the diseases and epidemics and pandemics in the world today. The one we need to cure the most is Gelman amnesia from Michael Crichton, which I've talked about a lot. But that's where you know that a source lies to you because you're informed. And so they tell you something and you go, that's bullshit. And then you trust them on another thing selectively. And if you ask most Americans today, Can you trust the drug companies? They'll tell you no. And then you say, can you trust them about vaccines? And they'll tell you yes. Now, that's dumb, right? I mean, that's a level of, like, you have to ask yourself, where the hell, how the hell do you get there? It's the same people. I mean, I don't think there's a company that's been fined for lying and fraud and is still in business more than Pfizer. Let's put it a different way. What if we just leave the word drugs, vaccine, the whole thing out? And if you just went to a, a person, especially a left-leaning, gather-me-harder-daddy person, who's probably a Bernie Sanders voter or something like that, or thinks Biden's doing a good job. I, I, I don't know what he's doing a good job of filling his adult diaper, I guess. Um, but if you said to that person, should we have a system where giant corporations are free to make as much money as they want, have their product or service required to be purchased by government, protected by government's regulatory apparatus, and have absolutely no liability at all, infinity, for any harm caused by their products and services. The most big government leftist lunatic, unless they crack the code, right, would say no, and the complete right-wing person would say no, and the libertarian would say no, and the anarchist would damn sure say no. The anarchist says, should the government no? It would be the end of it, right? So everybody agrees this is lunacy. And when you say it that way, how stupid does this sound? I'm going to go into Jack's widget business. The government will say that parents must buy my widget for their children to get them into school, except for a small number of people who have a religious exemption to my widget. My widget is therefore required by tens of millions of people per year. I get to spend public money on research and development of my next widget. And every time I come up with a new widget, it doesn't replace the old widget. You have to add it to all the widgets and keep buying it. And my widgets have been reported to cause a lot of harm to children. And that's fine, but you have to go to a special kangaroo court that no one's allowed to know what goes on inside of if you want to sue. And I don't pay the bill. I get to keep all the freaking money. And the government pays the bill for me. And there's a whole department, a whole agency, a group of agencies in government that vouch for my widgets and protect me both financially but they run interference on anybody saying anything. And if anybody gets on TV and says Jack's widgets are hurting people, they're shut down. If anybody puts it on social media, they're shut down. Now, how stupid does that sound? Okay, if you do more than five minutes with your head removed from your ass of research into how the vaccine industry works, you know that I just explained exactly how it works. And if, if it was true, my science, 
I'll just say all this, but they have proven this. You listen to that interview and then you'll see why they're so upset about it. Let's just take a left turn here for a moment. Let's talk about something totally different because I am a solution show and I'm also somebody that likes to talk about history. And I'm just going to play this video in the background here with the audio off while I'm talking about this. Um, Jay Townsend uh, is one of my favorite YouTubers out there. I love this guy. I don't agree with everything he says, but I don't have to. Most of what he says, there's nothing to agree with. It's just what happened. Uh, occasionally, it gets a little tiny bit political, and I may not completely agree, but I don't agree with most people. Um, but he's talking about salt in this video. It's about a nine-minute video, and there's a link to it in the video or the audio notes uh, that you can go get in just a bit. And I always knew how important salt was. I have included in some of my presentations about permaculture, when I speak about generating abundance, that men fought wars, deadly wars, over control of salt and pepper. And the point that I've always made in those presentations is that, have you seen a war over salt and pepper any time in your adult life? And the answer is no, you have not. And you haven't for a very long time. And it's it's two things. It's one, that salt is not as important today as it was at the time he's talking. He's talking about the time of the American Revolution here. Right. So we have other ways to preserve food today. But at the time, it was almost the only way to preserve perishable food. You had dehydration and then you had salt enabled fermentation or dehydration. That was it. And not everything can just be dehydrated. Most things to be reliably stored for any length of time require some salt. So that's one. But the uh, the bigger reason, and this is why I talk about it with permaculture, is it's abundant. It's abundant and cheap. People don't go to war over things that are easily obtained, abundant, and cheap. They just don't. There's no reason to go to war over salt. You go down to the store and buy all the salt you want. You go down to the feed store and buy a 50-pound bag of Redmond salt for less than 10 bucks. I think it's something like that. So that's why we don't fight. But I did not realize what I was tap dancing on top of when I was talking about this, how, how important it really was. When you were conducting a military campaign prior to modern times, salt was literally more important than munitions because you could go on a shortage of munitions for a while and just hide from the enemy until you got new ammo or you got new guns or whatever, right? You could run away. But your soldiers, if they weren't fed for very long, would get sick and die or quit and run away, right? We have to eat. So during the American Revolution, the British, who have a long history of screwing around with salt, by the way, just ask the, just, just go look at the story of Gandhi if you want to hear more of the British and salt and their control of it. Um, they realized that these rebels could be put down and stopped if they could cut off the salt supply. And so they put up military blockades, but one of the primary things that they were trying to shut down was salt. The cost of a pound of salt went up by like 16x during one particular year where the British became very effective at this. The Continental Army took what was there what there was of their navy and some of their ships that were supposed to be military ships on military missions basically stripped them and turned them into salt haulers. They they bought ships, whatever they could buy. And if they lost a third of them or two thirds of them, they didn't care because 
the, the, the value of the salt was so high at the time that you could afford to lose ships because of the ones that got in. That, that controlled the, 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 uh, the supply to the point where it would always go up enough to cover the loss of a freaking ship and a crew. Why? Because food's that important. And this is the lesson. This is the lesson that I want you to get from it. It's important to store food. Food is more important than guns. You can go days without looking at a gun and nothing will happen to you. Now, you know me. I'm a huge advocate of the right to self-defense, gun ownership. I have been advocating that people take non-gun owners to the range and teach them to use a gun and help them buy their first gun since I started this show again 15 years ago. So this is not a negative on guns. It's a positive on the importance of food. You have to eat. If you go long enough without eating, you get sick and or die. You start to make bad decisions. When your family or especially your children go hungry, you start to make really, really bad decisions. And I also did want to talk a little bit about some of the things we still can use with salt, do, do with salt today. We can preserve meat and fish with salt. There's a lot of content in this video about that. Lacto-fermentation. You know, uh, Dr. Weston Price, one of the commonalities of all the indigenous societies that he spent time traveling the world to learn about that were long-lived. Remember, he was a, do a, a dentist. They had healthy teeth and bones with almost no dental care. One of the commonalities was they all had fermented food of some kind in their diet, and that fermentation always involved salt because it wasn't making booze, which is a toxin to our liver, okay? I even enjoy my adult beverages from time to time, but it is, it is a poison. Lacto-fermented food is of extreme value to our gut health and our microbiome. So I think everybody out there should have the ability and the know-how to make lacto-fermented food. And it's not always vegetables, by the way. In the video that, uh, that, that Townsend put up here, um, he mentions that with fish sometimes, they would literally allow the fish to begin to ferment before maybe salting and then smoking it. And he's got other videos about that because of the flavor profile. Well, even if you do something for flavor, you get either the good or the bad that comes from it. So that's another source of this microbiome lactobacillus that belongs in our system. And we have this massive history of eating it. It, it allows for other things, too, that could be really important in a long-term problem situation like preservation of hides so that eventually they can be turned into things like leathers. Salting is not just about meat and veg either. Like it can be used to help preserve or create rinds on cheeses. It makes the shelf life of butter, especially unrefrigerated butter longer, makes it taste better, obviously, and salting eggs. And I'll tell you one of the cool things, and I, I've realized I need to start doing some more Jack in the Kitchen videos. And I've been playing with a bunch of stuff lately. And one is salted egg yolk. You take egg yolks and you put them in the salt and you cover them and you let them sit there for a few days. And they get hard, almost like a grateable cheese. Uh, at first, they get more like a, almost like a really tough eyeball. And then you, you, you cook them at a very low temperature for a period of time to dry them out. And then you grate those egg yolks onto things as the primary way that you use or make really thin slices of it. And they're delicious. And I think that if you call yourself a prepper, one of mankind's most ancient prepper items is salt. And you should learn how to use it 
But the bigger lesson from what went on during the American Revolution is, uh, again, it's the importance of storing food. And if you think about uh, the scamdemic, then you remember what happened in the early days. People went and they bought all the food they could get their hands on. And the shelves were ravaged in the grocery stores. And there was no real shortage of food. You need to understand that. It was an artificial shortage created by two things. One was governmental policy that had farmers destroying food. I think that was intentional because I don't have another explanation now. But the other was people panicked. And they immediately went out and they started buying the shit out of everything to get their hands on. And the first stuff that sold was the things you think of as prepper items. Rice and beans and pasta and stuff like that. And, you know, that stuff's so cheap and so abundant. Even as I've gone full-on keto and mostly carnivore, I'm like 90% of my calories come from meat and eggs and, and, and dairy. And the dairy calories are mostly from things like cream and coffee, all right? Um, you know, I still say rice, beans, shit like that, pastas, yeah, throw some in some five-gallon buckets and store it away. Throw a big old hand warmer in there. For those who have never heard this before, when you go to the store and you buy those hand warmers, you open a little package, you shake it up, it starts to get warm, it keeps your hands warm in your pockets, right? Those are oxygen absorbers. And I don't mean they can be used as an oxygen absorber. They are, if you go buy oxygen absorbers, they're the exact same thing. What it is, it's, it's iron filings with a chemical adjutant that causes the iron to rust really fast. That's all an oxygen absorber is. And the process of rusting when accelerated generates heat. But the other thing it does is it locks up oxygen. What is rust? What's the chemical formula for rust? It's iron oxide. Iron combines with oxygen, O2. Yeah? So if the iron locks up the oxygen, then there's no oxygen left in the atmosphere of a contained vessel as long as there's enough iron to lock up all the oxygen. Well, one big hand warmer will lock up all the oxygen that remains in a five-gallon bucket when you fill it up with noodles or beans or wheat or something like that. So I think that those things make sense as a ration that will prevent starvation. But definitely be storing food, and definitely history here sides with that mindset. That when you're worried about winning a war, you're literally more worried about feeding your soldiers than you are how many bullets you have. It ain't the bullets ain't important. It's that you might be underarmed and that might cost you the battle, but if you can't feed your soldiers, you will lose every time. An army marches on its stomach is a cliche for a reason. You are your own army. You are in this alone. We're going to talk about that in a second. So you better be able to feed yourself because history you know, it doesn't always uh, it doesn't always repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And I feel like we're going to have a lot of rhyming lately. Um, I was going to play this video for you in the next segment. I'm not. I'm just going to let you go look it up and listen to it if you want. Again, I have links that will be in the audio version of the show. For those watching the video, that'll be out about 30 minutes from when this stream ends. The live portion of it ends. Um, Amazon had a delivery driver drop off a package 
at a guy's house in Baltimore. I think it was Baltimore. And it doesn't really matter where it was, honestly. Some automated thing said something, and the driver misunderstood it and thought that it was a racist slur or whatever. And apparently, I mean, who even knows what he thought was said? Because today, you know, MAGA is racist. I don't believe in climate hysteria is white supremacist. I've literally heard people on the left, and I mean big time people, make that claim. So he even knows what, you know, maybe it wasn't the N-word. Maybe it was something more innocuous. Whatever he thought he heard, he didn't hear. He reported it. Amazon sent this dude an email and said, you need to call us. And he didn't happen to check his email that day, so they shut off because he was using Alexa to run his smart home. And all of a sudden, he can't get any of the shit in his house, including his security system, to work because Amazon flipped a switch because he might have said something racist. This all got resolved. Amazon turned his shit back on. And the only thing he should be using that shit for is to unwire everything and put something in completely independent. I hope he's learned his lesson. But you know what Amazon hasn't done? Oh, <laughs> listen, Kelly knows more than me. Kelly S. says the doorbell said something to the effect of, hello, can I help you with anything? And this dude thought it was racist to be active. They asked if he could be helped. Um, Amazon has not apologized. They've not said they're sorry. They've not admitted that they've done anything wrong. They're just waiting for it to go away. They will never apologize. Ever, 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 never infinity. Now, like I said, if this dude had an effigy of Robert Byrd, Biden's mentor by his own words, in a Klan suit, out in the middle of his yard, I wouldn't fault the delivery driver if he said, I'm not delivering this guy's shit. You get somebody else to do it. I'm, okay, fine. And then the company decides whether they want to allow that behavior an employee or not. Okay, fine. I, I am okay with that. I know some of you don't think I should be, but I believe that individuals should have the ability to say, I don't want to serve this person for whatever reason they want to. Any reason they want to. The individual can do that. The company, by selling you a service or a product, has an inherent contract with you to find somebody that will. Now, if the company just says, I'm not doing business with you in the first place, that's one thing. But once they sell to you, they have some form of contract, in my opinion. That that would be true in an anarchy. Um. This should have never happened. It doesn't matter. People should be able to, nobody should be listening to what you say inside your private residence. The company should have cited and aired to caution. But this is, do not let these surveillance systems into your home because that's what they are. Do not use Alexa to do anything. If you're going to run automation in your home, run automation that you control that you don't require on other people to do. Um, that's all I'll say on that. I, I hope that, you know, that you've learned across time that that is the case. Now, the next one, you know, there's a phrase they're saying the quiet part out loud. But sometimes when you say the quiet part out loud, it doesn't work even with your own group. So the Washington Compost put out an opinion piece, and this is what it looks like today. 
Fortunately, the internet never forgets. It never forgets. It never forgets, right? It lives forever in archive.org and in screenshots and things like that. God bless people that do screenshots. When you see something stupid, I don't always remember to do it myself, but screenshot it. There'll be enough of us to remember to screenshot everything and nothing will ever be able to go away. So the Washington Post changes the title. It's time to switch to preference primaries. Now, if they had run that title, being it's the Washington Post and nobody reads it, Nobody would have read it, and nobody would have got upset about the whole point being made. But the point being made is that the rich elite should have a bigger say in how we nominate presidential candidates, as if they don't already, okay? As if the rich elite don't already anoint people in primaries. Every once in a while, somebody can break it. T. Rump uh, broke it, and I guess that's that's what they're upset about. So, But this is the interesting thing. So... Right here, this particular person, T House, on uh, Twitter, and lots of people screenshot. This is an easy one for me to find. You can see in the mobile app how it read opinion. It's time to switch to preference primaries. But this is the original headline on the Washington Post. It's time to give the elites a bigger say in choosing a president. They literally ran that as a headline. Now, when you tell somebody that, their first inclination is not to believe you. I know I didn't. Trust me, before this got on the show today, I researched this to make sure it actually happened. When I hear something that outlandish, even about left-wing media, my first inclinations is someone stretching the truth. In this case, they weren't stretching the truth. There's the headline. That's what they ran. And there are multiple media outlets reporting that due to blowback, they changed the headlines. Now, this is my opinion on this. If you ran that headline and your editorial staff signed off on it, you're a fucking coward to change it. Washington Post, you are cowards. You should have left it exactly the way it was. That's what you really thought. You know nobody's reading your dying dinosaur media publication, so you put that up there to get some attention. And then when you got some attention, it wasn't quite the attention you were looking for, so you ran away like a little bitch. You got your tuck it out and you tucked your little nuts down between your ass cheeks and you ran away and hid. Why? Why don't you? They didn't change the article. If you read the article, it's still basically saying that wealthy elitists within the parties should have a bigger say. They should be able to make special rules and what have you. They already do. They already do. It's how Hillary got the nomination. Super delegates and shit. This goes back. This shit was going on when what's his name got the the, the nomination. Uh, Dukakis. Some of you so old you don't or so young you don't even know who Dukakis was. Kind of a footnote in history now, given the beating that he got in the presidential election. But and it goes further back than that. But that was just the first time people really found out about. It. It was the '80s, by God. There's always been, especially on the, and it's more true. It's not not true on the Republican side. It is more true on the Democrat side, though. The Democrats have more little special rules and things that they can do so that a small committee can determine who gets the nomination. If, if not that, at least they can say, well, these two or three people, we'll let them have a chance. The rest of these people are just building their speaker CVs. That's all they're going to ever do. Now, a lot of them are doing that anyway. I mean, the Republican clown car is full now, right? Because, because uh, what's his name? Uh, Christie. 
Chris Christie from New York or New Jersey got in the clown car. He fills half the car by himself as fat ass, right? He wants to tell you about your need to be healthy during the COVID. And this dude ain't never passed a sandwich without sucking it in ever. I'm sure this guy eats other people's food when he sits down to eat. That's how job of this dude is. Um, but you know, they're fill up the clown car and you look at some of these people, they're never going to pull more. They're never going to go over 1% in the polls. They're just there to be seen. But there are people, Ron Paul, <clears throat> who had legitimate opportunities to change the uh, electoral landscape that were railroaded by the party because the party didn't want them to be players in the game. Okay? That has happened. And it's happening right now with RFK. The Democrats will never allow an open primary with a sitting president that's been anointed, coordinated, and has his diapers fixed appropriately. If if I don't think RFK has a chance in hell of being a president of this country or a chance in hell of unseating Joe Biden for the nomination, not a chance in hell, but because of what I just said. I think if you allowed a free, open primary election, there is a reasonable chance that RFK could unseat Biden. Reasonable. I don't think it's high probability, though. And I think it's one of the one of the really great things about RFK is why it wouldn't happen, because these guys are all in on every vaccine ever invented, ever is safe and effective. And you should have 17 of them. And anybody that says otherwise is a conspiracy theory. So RFK's biggest fans are actually moderate Republicans. They are. The leftovers of the vestiges of the Kennedy name who just still think that name means something just because it's Kennedy, like the, the, the royal, like the American royalty type thing that the Kennedy family was when, when Jack was president. Um, my family was that way. They were not able to hand down the mental illness to me. But if you've ever wondered, why is Jack Spierko actually John Spierko? Like if you've ever bought something from me and seen on my PayPal that my name, my slave name is John Spierko. But I'm called Jack. If you've ever wondered why that is, first of all, they're the same name. They mean the same thing. And calling John's Jack is as old as John and Jack names are. Okay. They both mean son of thunder. Yeah. Um, but John F. Kennedy was always called Jack Kennedy. My father was named John and called Jack because my grandparents loved John Kennedy. And I was named after my father for the same reason. So there is that vestige. Um, Libertarians tend to like RFK. Now, here's the problem with RFK. RFK is on record saying people that deny climate change should be thrown in jail. Now, I don't know that he'd actually try to go that far. But he's on record saying it. And I, I'm sorry, I have certain things that break a person for me, whether or not I'd want them in charge of anything. And that's kind of one of them. But he can't be any worse than Biden. I, I, I'd rather have him than I'd take him over Biden. Where I want to get to in this is that you're not going to ever fix this with elections. They're, all the elections are rigged. All the elections are rigged. Uh, Aaron says he's a raging lefty. I, I think that Biden is a lot, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Kennedy is a lot like a lot of people out there. Like, I don't think anybody should have the power of the presidency. It's too much powerful one person to have. I don't think that the state should be as big as it is. But if it's going to be. And you say, oh, Jack, I want you to fix things. And I'm actually thinking about running for president again and not the joking way I did in 2020 and then quit when the COVID started. Uh, not seriously thinking to get elected, but putting out platforms and solutions and what I think would work. 
just to make a statement if I decide it's worth my time. Because everything that I'm going to advocate, you could probably at least partially do yourself. That's the point. That's where we're heading in this. But RFK would be really great in government assigned to a specific area where he's walled off from climate change, right? He would be great at that and not on some council or committee because Trump put him on a committee for vaccine. He didn't have any power. Fauci had all the power. He'd be great in that world. But he would not be great as president of this country. But the whole thing's rigged, and it, ain't, it doesn't matter because it ain't going to happen. Uh, there's some young uh, young uh, kid of uh, his parents are immigrants from India or Pakistan, a Swami, a Swami or something like that is his last name. Man, the guy talks great. He talks a great game running for the nomination on the Republican side. He'll never he'll never poll more than one percent either. It's all a gimmick. And this is what I want to get to. My message has been the same for 15 years. I have people like, you change. You're all into conspiracy theories now, as though anything today I said is a conspiracy theory. You know, if somebody tells me what I, what I, when I talk like this, that it's a conspiracy theory, I say, so go show me the facts that prove to me I'm wrong and not the opinion of some guy with letters after his name. Go do the same level of research I did and bring me facts that show me I'm wrong. I'll analyze those facts. And if those facts are legitimate facts, the counter, I'll go back on the air and say I was wrong. And I've done it the very rare times that it's happened. But those people always just lose their mind and start shrieking and yelling and going nuts. And they never go anywhere. It hasn't changed. Here's the core seven things that I've said about your life since I started this show. One, the media, the government, the oligarchs lie constantly with troops peppered into it. You have to assume, how many times have you heard me say, you have to assume everything they're saying is a lie, knowing that some of it's true. Knowing that some of it's true. Vivek Ramaswamy, that's the guy. Thomas pointed him, several other people pointed him out, okay? Um, but they will always use the truth to sell a lie, because the truth is the best way to sell lies. I tell you three things that are true, and then the thing that I actually want to, control your mind about, I throw that in at the end. Well, it seems like it's like the other three things that you knew is true. It's raining outside. The sky will be blue when it stops raining, you know, and you should get a, a, this particular drug and take it, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about, we live in a society today where the number one way to sell you on telling your doctor you want a drug is to repackage a 70s or 80s song into a jingle and show people running around having fun while they have cancer or end-stage renal failure or something like that. I mean, we live in the upside down. So you have to accept that everything you're told probably is a lie or has a lie integrated into it, and that lie is for the intent of programming your mind. Once you know that, if you choose to believe something, you only have yourself to blame. You should not then believe anything they say. You should only verify don't trust, verify, like we say in the world of Bitcoin. Point one. Point two, you are not going to change the system by voting in different criminals and traitors. I said a long time ago that as long as we have the party due system in Congress, throwing congressmen out and replacing them and expecting a change is like thinking the next row of teeth to come in in the shark will change the nature of the shark. The teeth are just the part that bites you. The shark is the problem. The system is the problem. The system is rigged. 
Our government, our Congress literally has a price list to get things done. It's completely legal. They passed a law and said it was legal for them to do it. Majority leaders, whips, et cetera, they go out and actually recruit money from lobbyists and hand out checks to PACs and things like that or to election campaigns. The first thing a new congressman does is a telemarketing job. They show up ready to change the world even if they if they really believed it. They get a binder and they're sent across the street to a room full of phones and they have to start calling donors to make sure they're on the hook before they're allowed to do anything. It's called the party due system. Look it up. It's one of the few things AOC's been right about out of her little tiny mind. She's actually pointed out how unethical it is, and I actually agree with her on that one thing. See, I'm not I'm not a kind of person who just shuts people down because they're stupid. Stupid people occasionally say smart things. As long as you have a party due system, there is no hope of changing anything. And even if you didn't, they'd find another way to do it. So you can vote all you want. I won't stop you. I won't tell you not to, right? But I'm going to tell you it ain't going to work, so you better have other solutions. I've been saying it for 15 years. Next, liberty must be seized. It can't be granted. You will never have any freedom that you don't take for yourself. No one can give you freedom. And we have seen, as stupid as some of our interventions were in the world, there are places the United States military went in, and the military of our country is very good at killing people especially people that are unequally matched to us, which is just about everybody we invade. Wiping out entire dictatorships from one end to the other, installing the democracy, giving it to people, and the second we take our finger off it, it dies. You can't give people freedom. You can't give a nation freedom. You can't give a state freedom. You can't give a city freedom, a county. You can't give an HOA freedom. The only way you get freedom is for individuals in sufficient numbers to seize it. No one's going to do this for you, so you better start creating liberty in your own life right now. Because every second you don't is a second wasted in your life, and your life force. Next, money matters. Money matters. Build wealth in all forms. Start understanding that money We can look at money as bills or bits, right? We can look at it as gold or silver. But what money really is is a thing of value that can be used to balance scales in a transaction. All money is some form of ledger. We have single-entry accounting, double-entry accounting, and triple-entry accounting. Kind of high level for today, so I won't go deep into it, but I'll just say that triple-entry accounting is the big creation of Bitcoin. It's a triple entry accounting process that doesn't require trust in a third party. Okay, that's what it is. And so if I give you a thing and you give me a thing in return for it, whether it's a, you know, it's a silver coin for a a basket of fruit or it's a basket of vegetables for a basket of fruit. It's single entry accounting. That's the most basic rudimentary way that we as humans account with each other. And there are vast amounts of ways to acquire capital and use it as money as as it can be exchanged for other things of value. Social capital, experiential capital, material capital, cultural capital. You need to build wealth in your life. A tree on your property is a part of your wealth. Tools, especially ones that you know how to use, are part of your wealth. They can be used to create things that either save money or make money. 
So build wealth in your life. Without that, you will always be subject to the control of others. Nothing is more liberating than wealth. Nothing is more liberating than wealth. And I don't mean you have to become a billionaire. I, I think actually becoming a billionaire ruins most people. Let me tell you something about Mark Cuban. I'm sure he doesn't remember me, but I remember him. Mark Cuban was always a guy I had a lot of admiration for as a young man. I cut my teeth in sales, selling to Mark Cuban. I designed a $1.5 million data center, and the person that signed the purchase order was Mark Cuban. I was in my mid-20s when that happened, and I knew Mark Cuban, and he was a good dude. He was a good guy to hang out with. Now, the only thing that matters is more money, more money, more money. I think there's a point where when you become wealthy to a certain level, that most people that hit that level, it's like a video game and all they care about is the score going higher. You're talking about a level of wealth. You don't need to do anything for the rest of your life. But you'll make an excuse for the way China behaves if you're Mark Cuban and say, well, every American business that does business in China has to accept this or you don't do business in China. How about then you don't do business in China, Mark? How about that? No, no, I got to have more money, more money. And I think that level of wealth corrupts the mind, the spirit, and the soul. But I think independent wealth, I think that is the most liberating thing you can do for yourself because it frees you up to be the human that you truly wish to be. So build wealth in your life. I've been saying it for 15 years. Next, you control what you eat. That controls how healthy and effective you are more than anything else. I have, you know, you can, this whole healthy at any size or whatever, this is bullshit. No, you're not. No, you're not. And the first person will tell you that is an insurance company. If it were true, then why are you paying three times as much for life or health insurance? Because you're sick all the time and you're going to die younger. That's why. It's really simple to understand now, isn't it? It really is. But more to the point, I have friends in this community. I consider you all friends of some level. But when I say friends like this, I mean... People, uh, A says, dude, don't display my message. I'm just trolling. You want to troll in my live chat, your message gets displayed, buddy. It's up to you. I don't even know what you're saying. You guys that are chatting right now, I'm, I don't have, I can't read out of one eye and do this. If you don't want somebody to see what you're putting in the chat, don't put it in the chat because everybody in the chat seeing and the chat has a replay, by the way, when people watch the video later. So you troll all you want, but you're going to get trolled. All right. Anyway, um, I've had people, when I say friends, I mean people like come here and sit on my back porch with me. Friends like that. And some of these people are dramatically unhealthy as far as weight and other things in their life. And I've had more than a few say, well, when I get my mind right, then I'll be able to get the discipline and get my body right. And, you know, some of them are even getting some counseling. So that's all good. Your mind will get right when your body gets right. All it takes to fix your body is controlling what you shove in your face hole. That's it. I think working out's great. I like working out. I like exercising. I think moving is great. Okay. I think moving more is a good thing. Right. But nothing has as much effect on your weight and your overall health as the food that you put into your body. And I really encourage you to do a deep dive 
paleo, primal, keto, carnivore, that whole world, and just learn about it. And, and just understand, uh, and there's something saying here, cost plus drugs, Cuban isn't all bad because he has his little, fu- that's what he's standing on now is he defends vaccines and defends, you know, censorship of RFK. Right. That's just another that's just another business unit. He's not doing it because it's mission oriented. All right. Selling more drugs doesn't make you a saint. It doesn't make you not all bad. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, nothing affects. Please do this for me. Take your bias when you say, but but fruits and vegetables and bread are healthy. Just for a second, just for a second. Think of everything we talked about today. That people like the AMA, the American Diabetes Association, the government, the media, all the things they lied about, and then ask yourself why you believe what you believe about diet. Who is the source of that information? It is the same infor- it's the same source of information. Now again, I'm not big on, on, on fallacies, right? I don't simply say because they've lied before, They're lying now. What I'm saying is because they've lied about almost everything demonstrably, you should doubt anything that comes from them until you can confirm it. Why do you think plants are healthy? All the different colors. Because you've been marketed that your whole damn life. That's why. Ask you, ask yourself this very simple question. Why is it that the majority of plants on the planet will make you sick or kill you if you eat them? Why? Now, I know if you go eat a carrot, you won't die. But why, if you just walk through the woods and randomly start sticking plants in your mouth and eating it, is it the case that you'll get really sick and or die? Why? Why have plants evolved that way? And the answer is because they do not obtain an advantage by you eating them or an insect eating them or an animal eating them. And unlike an animal, they can't run away. They can't fight back. They don't have teeth. They don't have claws. They can't crawl under the ground and hide. They can't see you coming, smell you coming and evade you. They only have one defense. It's chemical warfare. Most vegetation on the planet is toxic. I am not making that up. If you go look it up, it's something like 95% of all plants on the planet are literally toxic. They will make you sick. They will kill you, including plants that are used for food. You know, they have large amounts of things like cyanide in them. I can't think of it just went out of my head now. There's a root crop originally from Africa. Now it's used a lot in South America, too. And if it's not prepared right, it'll kill you. Um. I want to say manic, but that's like a common name. There's another name for it. Some of y'all probably know what I'm talking about. Cassava. That's it. Thanks, Kelly. Cassava. It's deadly. I mean deadly poison if you eat it. But we figured out as humans with our big brains how to make it edible. Okay? So why would it be healthy to eat the thing that is evolved biochemically to harm you and kill you and make you sick? And so just because some of these plants don't make us directly sick doesn't mean they can't make us sick in enough quantity across time, especially if it's our primary source of nutrient. So please research this. You know, this is something I have in, pro- in common with RFK. I never tell you to believe me. I always, every time I listen to him, it's one of the reasons I respect him. Don't believe me. 
Go look at what I'm pointing at and see for yourself. Most of what he's using against the, the, the people that are part of this cabal is their own words documented. That's why they hate him. That's why they won't debate him. How do you debate somebody when they're going to say, well, Mr. Fauci, let's look at this transcript from your meeting and the things that were said in it. And then you hit it. But I happen to have a copy of the transcript that's in that Joe Rogan. Don't trust people like that for diff- like this is the thing. It's Gelman amnesia. Well, I, well, of course, this is true. Why? Why do you believe that? Most people don't know why. Well, everybody knows that's not an answer. Well, I've always been taught not an answer, not a good one anyway. Please research this and please think about what you eat. And please understand, just because you're relatively thin does not mean you're healthy. Um, Ken Berry's been part two times now in a series called Reversed. And the second one deals with just straight carnivore with the people that are in it. And the one gal in it, she was not, they said she's thin. And I'm looking at her in before the before part of it and thinking, well, you're not obese, but you're not thin. And I could see this person's not glowing health and definitely has some weight that could be lost. But, you know, you're talking about a woman that if she loses 15 pounds, she's going to look amazing. That's that little bit of overweight. She's not somebody who's 250 pounds. But her A1C was like a 13. That, that's a, You're going to blow your kidneys up. And then they had her on all the drugs and everything. She goes home after this. They did follow up with her six months later. She went pure carnivore. It wasn't just that she lost that little bit of weight. It wasn't just their A1C came in. Anybody could look at this person and go, wow, look at what she, she, she was glowing with health. Glowing with health. She looked 10 years younger. By the way, somebody said, my beard's not healthy anymore. I shaved it. I started to look homeless. And I got a haircut appointment coming next week. I, I have one person I let cut my hair because she does such a good job. And I did my best. This is what you get. Right? I had, I had, my wife told me I looked homeless. Once my wife says that, I go ahead and break out the razor. And that's, that's, I like to keep a nice trim beard. I don't know. I thought I did a pretty good job. Anyway, um, next, <sighs> lifestyle design is important. Most of this show over the years has been lifestyle design, right? You know, lifestyle design. Let me me back up to the food thing, because this is an example of selective interpretation of history. Psychopath says people can eat roots, leaves, and fruits, dude. It is the way... The way it is grow, grow, I don't know what you're trying to say there. Lemons literally kept sailors alive. Do you know that you can eat nothing but beef and never eat a lemon and never get scurvy? Until you figure out how that works, your your little response there in text doesn't mean anything. Why is it Eskimo? Why is it that Eskimos, Inuit, living on traditional diet, never got scurvy? Living on walruses and whale and wolf meat and reindeer meat. And they barely ate any vegetation at all. And for six months out of the year, it wasn't an option. Why didn't they get scurvy? I'm not even going to give you the answer. But this idea, (laughs) this idea that just because lemons have vitamin C, that means lemons are healthy for you is ridiculous. And I didn't say not to eat any vegetation, did I? I said not to build a diet on it. There's a difference. Again, I get about 10 to 15% of my calories from plants. 
10 of, which means it's actually a fairly large amount of volume. I eat a lot of greens. I eat tomatoes. I eat peppers. I don't eat them every, I go a week sometimes without eating any. And then I might go a week where I eat some. And I might go a week where I eat a lot. But if you track it across the board, and all you have to do is look up a video of me from five years ago and look at, look at me now. And you can take all of your objections and blow them out your fourth point of contact. Because there's nothing, there is nothing that says the truth like results. Nothing that says the truth like results. So I'm going to quit arguing with this guy because, you know, he just, I'll just tell you that people that get like this, that feel this incredible need to defend vegetables and plant matter and we're omnivores. Why do you believe we're omnivores? Well, one is because we are. We can eat things other than meat and not die. That makes us adaptable. It doesn't mean it makes us optimal. It doesn't mean it makes us uh, Anyway, let's go on. Lifestyle design is the most important thing that we talk about, and almost everything we talk about comes down to lifestyle design. But the thing that makes it the most important thing that we ever could possibly take onto ourselves, your life will be designed, period. There's no such thing as a lifestyle that is not following a design. It can look haphazard, but it's designed. Either you design it or people that run the show have designed it for you. They've told you to eat this crap that's made America the sickest country in the history of the world. We have more disease today in our country as far as chronic disease than any time in history. When you can't drive two miles through a city without passing a couple, three dialysis clinics, don't tell me a plant-based diet is healthy. Don't tell me we need to be on a plant-based diet. Because we are. Americans eat a plant-based diet now. All plant-based means is the majority of your calories come from plants. It doesn't mean vegetarian. Plant-based means the base of my diet is plants. We have had a plant-based diet forever. That's a design. You don't choose to educate yourself and take control of your diet, even if you're going to do it plant-based. There's better ways than a standard American diet. Yeah. It certainly is not a whole bunch of grain. Right. It certainly is not a whole bunch of grain, but you're going to eat the diet that was designed for you or you're going to design your own and then just take it. I just great example because it's so omnipresent in our lives, but it's true about everything. If you don't decide your own educational path, you're going to either be a high school dropout, a high school graduate or a college graduate in some mundane area of study. And then you're going to go get a job and you're going to get into debt and you're going to pay it back over the rest of your life. And you're you're going to die broke. That's what happens to most people. Even people that look pretty wealthy generally die broke. The average American is going to die broke. You know why the system was designed that way. Your money is flawed. If you 100 percent engage in the American monetary fractional reserve system your whole life, you will have your wealth stolen every single year nonstop. There's a bunch of ways to mitigate it. All of them require you to do something. All of them require you to do something. If you do not take life seriously as a prepper and be prepared for shortages, you're going to suffer when shortages come, and they will. That is also by design. It keeps you obedient. If you don't educate yourself to the flaws in our political process, you'll continue to believe in it for the rest of your life. You'll continue to be uh, part of a tribe 
that'll think one day, one day when my side takes over everything, they'll fix everything. No, they won't. This is by design. Everything in your life today is by design. It's either your design or the system's design. It's up to you which one you choose to be part of, right? It's just ridiculous that you would ever choose not to take part in your lifestyle design. Do you know why this show is called the Survival Podcast instead of a Lifestyle Design Podcast? Because I'm not stupid, and I know how to market, and I wanted to make a living from this show. And I knew if I called it the Lifestyle Design Podcast that I would have exactly no listeners. But I knew that if I called it the Survival Podcast, and that was a huge – I mean, we talk about prepping all the time, gardening, homesteading, storing food, emergency preparation. So it's not like it's a lie. Survival – is all about lifestyle design. Permaculture is all about lifestyle and ecosystemic design. Design your life or someone will do it for you. Last, been saying it again since 2008, don't waste your dash. We do not get a rewind button. We don't. Every second, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. When this day ends, whatever you did with it, you did. Whatever you didn't, you didn't. You will never get that day back. Your life is a mortal being, is finite. It's horrifying the way our lives will end. The, the best you can hope for is to become really, really old, be pretty active. Everybody think, hey, this guy's got another couple years in him. Go to sleep and not wake up. That's as good as it gets, and it's not what happens for most people. Life at the end is hard. Dying sucks. Every second is one second closer to that point. You make 50, that's true. You make 80, that's true. You make 100, it's still true. Every second's precious. And you don't get to rewind. Father's Day just went by. I saw a lot of people making a very famous quote in their posts, and I completely agree with it. The days are long and the years are short. You know, when I had my son send me a text message yesterday, said, Happy Father's Day, Jack. And I said, You too, son. It kind of hit me. Remembering him as this little kid that played basketball and could barely hit the rim. And I'm a grandfather now. The days are long and the years are short. It's another way of saying don't waste your dash. And there's something else you need to be careful of. We do not have a rewind button. But in so many ways, metaphorically, we have a fast forward button. There was a movie that Adam Sandler was in. It was pretty depressing by the end of it. You know, most movies like that, they come up with some way to spin it positive, and there was no way to spin that movie positive. He gets this magical remote control, and when he's bored and he doesn't want to be somewhere, he can fast forward through it. The next thing you know, he's old, and he realizes that a lot of things he skipped were the most important. He got credit for being at the dance recital or whatever it was with his kids, but he wasn't really there, not because he was tuning out on his phone like most parents do today. But, yeah, click, that's what it was called. Well, because he literally was able to fast forward through it. Well, metaphorically, we can fast forward a lot of things. When we don't take care of our bodies, we fast forward through our dash. We shorten our alleles. Students of Ken Berry know what I'm talking about when I say alleles. But we also can fast forward through things by not paying attention, by not spending time with the people we should be spending time with by vegging out, by spacing out, by tuning out, by numbing our brain so much with substances. You know, and you know me, guys, I'm not a prude. 
you want to smoke a little bud or take a gummy or something, I don't care. But by God, don't do it to the point where you don't know what the hell is going on in your world. You don't remember what happened. Right? Don't do that. Don't use the fast. You don't get a rewind button. But there's a lot of ways to push down on a fast forward button in your life. It'll go fast enough. Design your life. Control what you eat. Build your wealth for your heirs, not just for yourself. Seize liberty. Never expect that it will be handed to you. Except that you're not going to change the system for everyone. You can only change your life for yourself. Focus on that. Now, if people do that, then the system changes. That's the way that works. And just know the media, the government, the oligarchs, the industry, so-called science, all of it is lying to you every day. Every day. And there's no way around this. There's no way around this. There's no way to get past this. It's just not possible. It's just not possible. Anyway, one of the things that we do talk about a lot, we really do talk about this a lot, and we, we always need to because it's true, is having a backup source of energy and power. And there's a lot of ways to do that, solar, wind, et cetera, but there's nothing more reliable than a quality generator. Now, the generator that's on special today, you can find it at tspaz.com. Just go to the survivalpodcast.com and, and scroll down. It's made by a company called WEN, W-E-N. WEN is a quality value brand. That's what I would say. They're not Honda. They're not even close. Um, their little 2,000-watt inverter generator, though, is a good little generator. This is a great generator for people that occasionally go camping or something, and they want some power, and they want to be relatively quiet. It is running half power about as loud as an average conversation. It's a very quiet little generator, a very good little generator, uh, and it's on sale today for 339 bucks. Uh, it is a deal at that price. I would not recommend this generator as your primary backup power source. I'd recommend something with more power and more reliability long term. It is a great thing to have as two is one and one is none. I have this generator and another smaller one that I use primarily to run things like my pumps and systems like that. But this is the one that saved my ass in the big freeze. So when we had the big freeze here a few years ago, one thing I didn't want is for everything to freeze up in my well house and blow those pipes, because that would be a major problem, depending on what broke where. And so I was able to just keep the daggone light bulbs on in the well pump house with this thing when the power was out for multiple days. That saved our ass out of all of it. We had one small pipe break in one small place. And when the water came back on and the power came back on uh, and everything was back, it took me 10 minutes to fix it. It took me longer to go get the stuff. But if it had happened in the well house, God knows what would have blown the hell up in there. So just that alone makes it worth having something like this. But there's a lot of different uses for backup power and nothing beats a generator. And let me just real quick say something. You know those companies that sell solar powered generators? Yeah, there's no such thing as a solar generator. A generator's power on demand. Well, you have a, a solar generator, you have a battery and a solar panel and an inverter. It's, it's a small backup off-grid power system, and it's not a generator. A generator means you turn it on, power comes out, and you know how much power you're getting. That's what this does for you. You can find it at tspaz.com. Remember, you can always help support our work 
anytime you shop online by going to tspaz.com first. You'll find great deals like this one. You'll find products that I own and use myself or I wouldn't recommend them to you. I do maintain active price watches on everything in my TSPAS catalog. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on deals like this when they come around, make sure you get on the Daily Mail and at least one of my social media ways to follow me. Uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up. I really appreciate everybody being with me today. And I'll just say happy birthday, TSP. Yeah, we hit 20 tomorrow. I'm sorry, 15 tomorrow. And uh, it, it is an accomplishment to be a podcaster that's run a successful podcaster podcast for a decade and a half. It is an accomplishment to be a podcaster who's basically made a living off podcasting for 14 years. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of people that can say that. But the community is the thing. You know, I've seen so much good come from our communities and sub-communities and things like that. I've seen people have each other's back. I've seen people organize to support each other in this community. I get emails every day telling me how people have changed their life because of the show and the communities around it. It's the biggest payday I'll ever get. So thank you and happy birthday to the TSP community as a whole. I'll catch you tomorrow with another episode. Oh, real quick, because I don't say it enough, even though I say it a lot. Thank you to every single one of you that supported me my family, my show, and my work. You mean everything to me. Are they going to bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way You don't have to be another face in the crowd You don't have to live the way they tell you to Make your own way, the others will follow Yeah.